podcast back as always every wednesday told you guys we'll be back um ready to dispel rumors um talk about current events um give a little insight into what we do as well as highlight uh role models community leaders entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. uh people within your community that are making a difference um man it's been a trying, I don't know, well, it's been a trying year, let's be honest. Yeah. But um, it has also been a trying, I don't know, last two weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Um, we've discussed kind of at length uh, what's been going on in the world. Uh, but as promised, we are back to our originally scheduled podcast where we bring on guests and uh, kind of talk about what they're doing, what they're about, and how they contribute to uh, our community as a whole. Um, so, um, without further ado, let us bring our um, guest speaker um, to the podcast. We have Nick Bosco, who is, he does a little bit of everything. He's a, he's a creative. <laughs> Jack of all trades. Yeah, he's a creative. So, creator, he, he's, yes. a, he's a, uh, a person after my own heart because I consider myself a creative as well. Um, award-winning screenwriter, entrepreneur, creative. He does a little bit of everything. And uh, I guess a side note, kind of like we are, but he is um, uh, married to a African-American woman. Um, so he <laughs> yes. is all a part of that blazing soul or that blazing community, uh, so to speak. So it was just, you know, fortuitous for us to bring him aboard. So let's welcome you, man, Nick Bosco. Welcome, welcome, Nick. Uh-oh. All right. Uh oh. What happened? You know he's in New York, so everyone's probably there. He is. All right. Or Jersey, actually. Is the uh, connection bad? Well, a little bit. You wouldn't come on for a minute. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, you know, he's in New York, but you're in Jersey. (laughs) There's a lot of people there. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Thank you for coming on, Nick. Um, we welcome you aboard to the Blaze the Soul podcast. Um, uh, we have a lot, of, a lot of interesting things that uh, we like to discuss with you. Um, and also, you're a part of that, I guess, Blazian uh, family there. So that's another good thing. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. There we, there we are. Is, yeah. I mean, well, I it is the wave of the future. No doubt. No doubt. Um, <laughs> so let's start out with telling uh, everyone a little bit about yourself. Who you are so you can, can is, there, is, there, is there a lag? A little lag. A little bit. Sure. Uh, raise up the peace sign. Let me see you raise up the peace Where do I begin? Yeah, you're lagging a little bit there, sir. There's a little bit of a lag. We'll, we'll <laughs> yeah, we can work through this. We can work through this. Oh man! Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we asked for that. A couple I have like I have like full on like uh you know all bar on my on my computer here. Oh, so it just yeah. may just be the servers of uh. Yeah, we use <laughs> like StreamYard and stuff like that. So it could just be that, you know. So, um, so. Or if you have any other connection that's on or your phone or anything close by, that helps sometimes to turn I'm those sure. off. There's so many people on right now. It's funny. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, Nick. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Illinois, uh, baby, uh, you know, And uh, went cool with. <laughs> we can't hear you. No, yeah. You're totally lagging up. Uh, well. Let me see if we remove him and add him back. I try to uh, get. Oh, there you go. There we go. Okay. Is that better? Can, is that working? Yes. There we go. All right. All right. All right. So All right. let me uh, let me let me log off the computer here. Okay. And I'm just gonna do this handheld. That that's works? Okay. That's you're, much you're better. Now. You're perfect. Much better. better. Yay. Cool, man. Wait. You know what? And then the actually, then I don't have to. Hold on. Give me two seconds. Let me just plug in my trusty dusty uh, <laughs> headphones so I could really hear you guys. Because now I'm on this like smaller speaker. <laughs> and You're the techie too. <laughs> You'll figure it out. Yeah. I don't know, and it's it's actually interesting too because I actually prefer like the wired, mm -hmm. um, the wired headphones as opposed to the earpods. Mm. Just because um, I like to sing karaoke, and oh, you really? can't use you can't use small without the the wired microphone it, it doesn't it doesn't you can't hear yourself the way that you can and it doesn't go through their filters so like if like if you're doing with any type of filter or something like that it doesn't work so yeah. so am i are we real time now yes we're real time, we're real time. We're all right all yeah, right and take two yes, take two. <laughs> tell us about yourself <laughs> okay, sure um yeah man i mean 
so uh, I guess I could start. I mean, you know what? Let, let me let me start like post college, right? I, I you know like so. I mean, I went to I went to college. I you know I graduated top of my class, which was um, my design school, and then uh, because I was uh, you know one of the top students in the class, um, I actually got a chance to go to Italy and teach and work in Italy. And that was an amazing experience, man. That was one of my fondest experiences in my life because I was there for like about three months and uh, was living the life. And when I was in school is actually when I started modeling. And um, so I had my agencies and we had agencies in the United States and in Europe. So I was able to just kind of like jump over to Europe, start working with agencies over there. Um, and when I was there, like, it was great. I just walked into the agency and they're like, go to these two places. And I went to those two places and I booked both of the jobs and that paid for like all of my, my little trips and travels and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. That was back in the day when United, when United Colors of Benetton was oh. a big brand. Yeah. Yeah. I oh. shot with, I shot with the Olivieri Tuscani, who was the guy who did all the controversial photo shoots where like, you know, oh. we had the horses who were humping each other, the white horse and the black horse. You remember that ad? Like he had a lot of controversial stuff that he did, but uh, he really, he built the brand from the ground up. I mean, he really, he's the one who was like talking to this person who was making these, it was just basically blank sweatpants and sweatshirts, just brightly colored. Wow. And he was like, let me turn this into a brand for you. So you know that experience i mean was amazing i use those i use a lot of the techniques that i learned in my own photography um mm -hmm. from all of the, my different photo shoots that i've been whether it be studio shooting or whether it be outdoors or whatever so um my experience in front of the camera has given me a unique opportunity to to offer um what you know other models or other you know just my clients and stuff like that the ability to to shoot at like a very high level but like not without like a bazillion dollar budget, you know? Right, right, right. So it's, it's good. I mean, I, I like, uh, I, I, I like photography. I mean, I mean, it's one of my, one of my favorite things. I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's a great craft to have. Um, but so, you know, and then like after I got back, I just basically started my business and then, you know, just started banging on doors, man. And wow. so did you like, did you like modeling? I loved it. I loved it. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's hard work, um, as an Asian American model, right. It's, uh, it's very difficult, right? So like you would like, let's say for example, I'll give you a perfect example since you're in the Midwest Coles, right? Yeah. Coles oh. has like a thousand gazillion page catalog back in the day, right? Coles, Marshall Fields, Montgomery yeah. Wards, like had these huge catalogs. Right. Oh, and yeah. so, you know, when it came to catalog season, they would be, you know, have to revamp their catalog and they would, you know, you'd be shooting for one or maybe two days if you're lucky. And then like all your white counterparts would be booked for the, like the entire month, oh, wow. every day. They may be pulling in. Do you like, think that's changed now or do you think it's still the same? Oh, I mean, the industry is, is still very much the same. I mean, yeah. brand, brands will pull in, you know, ethnic models just for like to grab that brand image and stuff like that. But like the bulk of everything, you know, that they do is primarily catering to, you know, the great white way, if you will, right. you know, so, but it, it, it is what it is, you know yeah. what I mean? Right, right. You know. Yeah. 
it's it's fun you know when you when you you know it's great to get a call and says hey you know you're booked you're hopping on a plane and you're going here you're going there and like that's like that's the dream right you're like living this dream of like wow man i'm like working and i'm like doing this and this is cool and then you know when you're young yeah. and, you know and you get you get a call and you're like okay so your day rate is ten thousand for the day and you're like holy wow. what, what? <laughs> like <laughs> What? That's pretty amazing. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh wait goodness. a second. And, and you know, coming from modest, you know, working family, when you when you hear numbers like that, you're like, holy mackerel, this is crazy. But um, you know, the industry, there's, and that's where it's like you really don't know, like, like really the magnitude of things, because it's even even like supermodels, if if they're getting fifteen thousand mm-hmm. for the shoot, the photographer is getting one hundred and fifty grand just for rolling wow. out of bed. Wow. the ad agency you know the art directors the ad agency like it's it's such an ecosystem and by the time you get to the models you know they're negotiating you know for as low as rate as possible for the best talent right 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 and so but it do you think that um the jobs that you got like you said were one or two days as opposed to a whole month getting booked um do you think that is because of you being a minority, and then on the flip side, do you think that they are getting you because they want that minority look for certain ad placement? Well, see, that's kind of like the cool thing, which was when I was starting, like multicultural marketing kind of was just being born, right? Mm-hmm. Um, advertising agencies weren't really interested in catering to minority markets, so multicultural marketing agencies and advertising agencies started to pop up. Case in point, there's one in, in uh, New York. There used to be one in New York City called Kang and Lee, you know. And Elliot Kang is one of my mentors now. He ended up he ended up selling the agency to Gray Worldwide for about 120 something million dollars. Man, like he did pretty well for himself. And that's all they did, you know. He basically said, "Hey, guess what? You're missing the entire Asian American population." Mm-hmm. And you're missing all the millions of dollars you could be making by advertising directly to us with our faces. So, you know, once once I came to New York, I was getting calls for those type of ads. And through them, I did like an ads for UPS, E-Trade, um, FedEx, um, biz.com was a, a dot com, like during the dot com craze, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to remember all of them. I did I did one for IBM. You know, and that was all over the city for the train, you know. So, like, you know, they, they, there's, there's that aspect. So, like, there's the multicultural. So, like, if they are going to have a, what they call a, a multiculti cast, right, mm-hmm. then I'd be, you know, in the running for it. But at the same time, when you're dealing with fashion brands who have, you know, a catalog and they have a certain target demographic and they want to be perceived as all-inclusive, they'll throw a couple of people in there just to kind of just decal it with a little bit of color and a little bit of flair. You know what I mean? But that's not really their brand. You know what I mean? And that's not really who they're going after. So you'll see, you know, a couple of faces maybe on the cover and stuff, but then like you open up the book and you're like, oh, (laughs) <laughs> where'd they go I thought it was interesting um, <clears throat> I've been in advertising marketing for I don't know 10-15 years now and because you're in the the industry you notice certain things that other people didn't notice or won't necessarily notice right. um, and, and I see on certain channels even though it's the same company 
the commercial will be catered a little different. Point taken, there could be a McDonald's commercial on ABC and there could be a McDonald's commercial on BET. And mm-hmm. even though they're selling the same product, it's a vastly different mm-hmm. um, uh, commercial. And right. I don't know, you know, how I feel about that. On one end, I'm like, okay, it seems like they are finally kind of catering to your culture. But then, you know, on the other hand, on a major network, they do a, for lack of a better term, a white influence commercial, uh, while on smaller um, uh, TV stations, it's a little different. It's, you know, all black people in the McDonald's and he driving his car, bumping the sounds, stuff like that. But then when you turn to ABC, it's a, a family sitting down and, you know, they're oh, discussing wow. something while they eat French fries. So mm-hmm. um, do you see that when you're looking at commercials or have you noticed differences in how they market uh, certain ways? Well, I mean, you're in the industry and, you know, I've been in the industry for a long time. So we all know about how, like, let's say television advertising works, right? So it's in zones by zip code and you basically buy zones and zip codes and stuff like that. And that's how you do your your, your media schedule, right? So and based off of what that zone and zip code is in the population, you know, you want to place an ad that speaks to that community, you know. So it's no different than digital ads now. It's like you could really hyper local focus in or you could do more broad range or you could do audience based or you could do income based you know all the different marketing triggers and levers and stuff like that that you could pull it's just that it it wasn't as exact of a science as it is in digital marketing as it was with television or radio prior to digital marketing like like 15 15 something years ago so they just basically would say okay Let's make a commercial for the African-American market, the Latino market, the Asian market, the white market, you know, so on and so forth. And then, you know, they would kind of run with that campaign, you know. And so, so yeah, like I would be like, please let me be the Asian dude. <laughs> you know? Let me just be the Asian guy, man. That's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> you know. But, okay. So tell but, us a little bit about all the ventures that you're doing right now. Well, after after modeling, where'd you where'd you go from there? You started your own business. Yeah, well, you know, I, I started my business because you know that's that's what I went to school for, right? So I I, I had a love and a passion for design and art and uh, marketing and logos and advertising and creative, and so you know after working at different ad agencies and branding firms all through college. Like I was lucky. I mean, I, I had my first internship after my freshman year, mm-hmm. you know? And so I had a freshman year internship, sophomore year internship, junior internship, senior year internship. Then I was in Italy, you know? So I was always working at like high level agencies and really getting the full on experience. And then it was after I came back from Italy and I started to work at this ad agency again. And then I was like, is this going to be it? Like, am I just going to wake up at 6 a.m. every day, hop on the Metro, go to downtown Chicago, work, go get a slice of Chicago pizza, go back, run to the train, because now you got to run back to Union Station, you know? And then, like, you're taking the train, and I'm going to get home, grab a bite to eat, go to the gym, come home, take a shower, and go to bed. And I was like, I can't. I couldn't do that, man. I'd rather wake up early in the morning put my shoes on, grab my portfolio, walk out the door and start banging down doors and control my time. Yeah. 
Wow, you know, yeah. and that's really been my whole like entrepreneurial journey is really, you know, I mean, I always want to just manage my time and, mm-hmm. you know, I may not be a bazillionaire, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I, I have, uh, I have my wealth of my family. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm proud to say that like for all of my kids, I've, I've never missed a school concert. Wow. I've never missed a, a, a sporting event, a volleyball tournament or anything like that. So I was there for all that stuff and I have all those memories and, you know, um, my kids will always be able to tell the story like, yeah, my dad was around all the time. Like, yeah. you know, and, 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 you know, even when times were tough and like, you know, it was a slow season because, you know, as a you know, business owner, you're it's feast or famine a lot of times. Sometimes it rains and pours. Sometimes it's dry, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I never made them feel like, hey, man, we, well, hold on. Um, let me go get some of this no frills cheese real quick. <laughs> you know, you know, you try to just make them feel comfortable and be like, okay, you know, because it is, it is a struggle sometimes, you know what I mean? You're, you know, especially, you know, the one, the one common thread with a lot of minority businesses is that it, the access to capital is just not there, you sure. know, sure. I'll give you a case in point. So I graduated from school. You know, and I was just starting my business and I was just trying to just make it with whatever money that I had. And I really didn't have much. Right. So I was just busting my hump, just trying to like work and save, work and save. Mm -hmm. And so then my other buddy graduates from school and he has a like marketing degree and everything like that. And I call him like, what are you doing lately, man? He's like, oh man, you don't, man, I just opened up my business. I'm like, cool, man. Like, where are you at? I'm thinking like, he's got like a small office somewhere. He's -hmm. like, no, we're at, we're in Algonquin, man. I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, yeah, come by, man. You got to check it out. I walk into this office building, I'm thinking he just has like a little office. He has yeah. the whole building. <laughs> wow. He had the whole building. Yeah, man. Oh, wow. He had the whole building. His father was a developer, right? And so his father completely gutted the building and wow. like rebuilt the whole thing. It was a complete multimedia studio. So this is the time when like when like CD-ROMs and stuff like that. And, and <laughs> And, and 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 macromedia was like hot right and and like it, so they were really killing it and they were able to get because they had such a facility they were able to get like the sprites and the mcdonald's accounts and stuff like that and i'm like man i couldn't even be like yo sprite come over and check out my studio <laughs> i'm like i'll come to you how about that i'll come to you <laughs> You know, you gotta say they, you gotta fake it till you make it, right? Yes, you know? definitely. But uh, but yeah, no. So then I, you know, I started my business and uh, and and I just continued. I just continued to do more modeling, and then I got more commercials. So, um, that was really fun. Like breaking into the commercial industry and like shooting national commercials, working on big budget, like fifty million dollar spots and stuff like that. Wow. That was really awesome, and. Uh, my one claim to fame, my favorite memory was, of course, I'm in Chicago at the time, right? Mm-hmm. I booked a commercial with Michael Jordan. Wow, <laughs> wow. that's pretty cool. Tell so, us about that. It was awesome. It was for it was for WorldCom. So if you remember WorldCom, right? Yep. And uh, they were launching a new uh, long-distance calling card. (laughs) And so the commercial was, um, you know, 
it starts out where it's a press conference and they're like, you know, LD, it was LDDS WorldCom, which was the name of the company. And they're like, you know, we have contracted Michael Jordan as our spokesperson. And Michael was like, yeah. And they're like, uh, Michael uh, whispers in the guy's ear. He's like, when are we going to shoot the commercial? And the guy's like, we had something else in mind. And then they like do all these quick cuts where Michael Jordan is doing cold calling telemarketing oh. <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of the company. Did you so, get the meet, Mike? Yeah, I we we were standing literally shoulder to shoulder at Craft Services, and there was a scene. There's a scene in the commercial where this kid is chewing gum, and he picks up the phone. And he's like, "Hi, this is Michael Jordan." The kid opens his mouth, and the gum falls out. <laughs> <laughs> that would have that in real life that was like me that's what i was going through and i was like right right oh like, oh wow man i'm standing next to you i'm like wow this is cool but like we were we just had a nice conversation we just were eating licorice at the oh. table and then like he had to go because he had to get ready for his scene and everything like that but i didn't realize like i was you know because you see him on tv and you're like wow man you're really wow. tall yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Six, seven. That's a big. Oh man, and 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 he was like he was. They had him in the back because he had to do this uh, scene where he was in his jersey or something like that, and um, he was he's ripped to shreds, man. He was ripped to shreds. You were. I was like, man, I, how can I how can I have your diet? <laughs> 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 you know, oh. clearly you're not eating Italian food. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, that was really awesome, and really that was my. So in order to join the union, you have to do a certain amount of national spots. So that was my must-join spot. So, but then then that played uh, during the uh, the NBA finals, and I was able to pay off my SAG dues, which you have to pay up upfront one-time upfront payment for that. Mm-hmm. And then you just pay your dues every year, you know. So no, man, I just got my new card, man. I'm 23 years into this. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's crazy, man. But it's it's cool, man. But yeah, so I was able to do that. But then after that, man, you know, I, I started to do more commercials, get more commercial auditions, and then when I moved to Jersey or moved to New York, actually, you know, I um I did some more. I have one really great story about um the, the star of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh really? Yeah, man. So you know, I mean, I'm young. I'm I'm in my 20s at the time, you know, and uh, you know, I'm I'm all muscular and you know everything. So uh, I'm friends with this woman, and uh, she just happens to, you know, she's a Chinese woman, and she she just happens to be a manager. So like one night, she calls me up and she's like, "Hey, Nick." Um, why don't you come and meet me and some friends who are going to go play some mahjong at this hotel? You know, I've never played before. So I was like, okay, cool, man. That sounds great. Like, I don't want you to meet somebody. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. It's like, all right. So I show up and uh, <laughs> I walk in the door and, you know, I see, you know, the woman. And then I see this young girl in the corner. She's just looking at the computer, like at a laptop. And the girl turns around and she goes like this and then she looks over to my friend and then she says in Chinese does he have a girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) so it was so awesome man so you know we we, we all hung out man and like but the the hard thing there was a language barrier so she couldn't speak English oh wow and um, let me just let me just stop right here and say you might get in trouble for that one (laughs) your wife might be like oh 
does he have a girlfriend? So I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. That was a long time ago. Anything. Yeah, man. No, this was this was this was when I was like wholly single, man. But like, you know, then like uh, so we all we had fun, everything was great, you know, and we uh we developed a friendship and um but we, you know, it was such a language barrier. You know, it was it was very tough. But she's such a sweet, sweet person, and like all the tabloids are liars because she's a really, really sweet person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like four years later, no, yeah, four or five years later, um, I get a call from my manager or my agent, and they're like, "Hey, um, you just booked a Maybelline commercial," and I was like, "Oh, wow, this is great, right?" So, right. um. So I'm like, cool. And they're like, it's shooting in Soho, like down by, well, not in Soho. It was shooting down by um, the fish market, the Fulton Street fish market in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So I make my way down there the morning of the shoot. And then like I, I walk on the set and I see this Asian girl standing on the corner. And I'm like, oh, are you the, uh, are you the principal? She's like, oh, no, no, I'm not that pretty. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like um, so who's the principal? She's like, I don't know, some, some girl from China. Oh, think, wow. Right? I was like, Songs to eat, and she's like, "Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I think that's it." Because she didn't, she didn't even know. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, "All right, cool." You know, so we were a little bit, you know, we were just in holding and stuff like that. So I was, I, I was like, "All right, let me go by the trailers," and um, I walk over to the trailer, and I see her name on the uh, on the trailer. So I, I knock on the door, and she opens up the door, and in perfect English, she's like, "So you have a, so so you're so you're married now, huh?" And I'm, <laughs> I was wow. like, I was like, whoa, yeah, but it was, it was cool. Like we did the commercial, everything like that. And it was good, you know? And, uh, yeah, man, I, I, like she's, she's, she's awesome. I just, you know, um, it wasn't meant to be. It's just one of those things. Uh, <laughs> far better off. Far better off. Hey man. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. So then I have all these beautiful children now. So it's, it's wonderful. You know, and this, this is, this is great. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's been such a journey, you know, and, uh, I've had like amazing times in the industry as a designer, as an art director, um, you know, working with Maxim magazine was probably my favorite. Um, I worked with them. Yeah, it was awesome. Wait, what's awesome. that? Um, no, but it's the thing about it, man. It's like everybody thinks that you got all these hot women like walking around the office and everything like that, but you don't. It's like a very corporate, very corporate environment. Um, and most of the people that you work with are like women and, and really powerful, awesome, and brilliant women who are just like on top of their stuff, man. Right. And the person really who is responsible for the success of Maxim um is a, is a colleague of mine named kim willis she was the marketing director at the time and she was coming up and she was driving so much revenue for that publication it was unreal um case in point we did this bud light campaign mm-hmm. and it was just uh it was a national tour and here was the program it was amazing so in 30 markets they did 20 little bar promotion parties, you know, where they had models and stuff like that, passing out invitations to a large party. Wow. And then my buddy Dan, like, he is, like, the tastemaker of marketing and events. Like, literally, like, he's been featured in, like, Forbes magazine for, like, being the tastemaker of events. And uh, he put on these parties. And women are, you know, swinging from like velvet ropes and the ceilings. You got people, and like it was just crazy. And of course, it's 
twelve sponsored by Bud Light, so there's free free drinks all night long. Oh, it's wow. just it was insane. And there were so many people who after the first party, which was in Phoenix, dropped out of college and just followed the party trail of all around the country oh, for the entire oh, year. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that was crazy. But you know, I really only I I, I you know my job was to design the the follow-up booklet that went in with the magazine so this booklet you know was 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 you got like 750 million copies of this like crazy booklet man and they spent so much money i think like it was reported that the the campaign was something worth like 1.5 billion dollars yeah yeah they were they were in the billions yeah man like like the 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 owner of maxim you know have you been to the store and seen maxim hair color for men no. <laughs> As you can see. <laughs> Why do you think he's going to go against the hair uh, color? I don't cut my hair. I got some natural, you know. Oh, yeah. Not, you know, I'm not a big hair color guy, you know. I like to just get up in the morning, brush my hair, kind of style a little bit with some gel, and then go hit the day. That was crazy, but yeah, if like it was reported, like you know, and I and, and you know, I I can't say that uh, you know I am the authority, but like you know, um, from what I heard, that uh, it was one day actually that uh, this company, this manufacturer, came in. They wanted to license the uh, the brand, mm-hmm. and uh, they came with a suitcase with a million dollars in cash, and you're just like, here, what? we want to here, here's your upfront payment to the guy to Felix Dennis. And Felix wow. Dennis is amazing. He has the most amazing james earl jones british voice okay it's so like hello how are you (laughs) (laughs) we were at the christmas party and uh you know they're like felix come on speak felix felix and everybody's like chanting and stuff like this This is really like at the the height it's when we we hit like i think um 2.5 2.5 million in circulation. It was like something like a page rate it was like $180,000 for a page, you know, of advertising. Wow. And everyone was just going crazy at that time. Ad sales people were like pulling it in like crazy. And he gets on the microphone and he's like, everybody's like hushing and he's like, How does it feel to ride the crest of a wave? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, that guy's got an awesome, awesome voice. But yeah, man, that was a great, it was just a great experience. And I worked with amazing people and I'm still, you know, associated with them. We're still friends. We still have, we have our own little Facebook group, you know, and, uh, and a lot of them have moved on to like, I know, I know some of my friends are like our heart radio and, uh, Meredith, uh, corporation and stuff like a lot of the other big, you know, publication houses and stuff. And, you know, they're all doing really, really well. I mean, Kim Willis is a rock star, man. I love her to death, man. I, I, I want to be her one day. Aww. You know, they have an operation for that. They do. They, say, they have, say again. They have an operation for that. You said you wanted to do her. <laughs> they do have an operation. For that. Well, no, you gotta um, have you gotta have her brain power too. Okay, <laughs> you gotta be thinking with both heads. There you go. So you're 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 getting successful, and um, Chinese women are hitting on you. How did that transition to you? meeting and marrying your beautiful wife well i mean uh you know even before like i mean uh i was a dancer you know i was a hip-hop dancer oh, i was about to say what type of dancer? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trust me. Trust me. When you're in the modeling industry, all of your agents and managers are just like, why don't you just go dance for dollars? Right, you know, right, right. Go, <laughs> uh, you know, and when they, sold the, when they said that to me, there's this innocent Midwest guy. I'm just like, what is he even talking about? What does that mean? <laughs> what is it dancing for dollars? I thought it was like, 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 like a game show or something. Or like, what yeah. is? Oh but then, goodness. you know, but then like I was looking for a job at the time and he's like, here, you have to go to these places. And I was just brand new to New York. I didn't know any of the neighborhoods, pockets or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So he sends me two places and, you know, one is the Viceroy and one is food, food bar. I had no idea. And he's like, they're going to love you there. They're going to love you there. And I'm like, okay. I didn't get the jobs at either one of the places. <laughs> I was like, I thought they were going to love me here, man. I needed a job. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But, like, like literally when I first moved to New York, like, I just I just picked up and left, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was so I, – I, that story in itself is a story because – you know, talk about like that New York experience where like you come from the Midwest, or you come from anywhere else in the country, you come to New York with a couple of bucks and a dream. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I literally was sleeping underneath the kitchen table at my buddy's house. Oh, wow. And, you know, I just was like, okay, I'm going to be here. And I was only going to be at his place for like a week, maybe two, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, oh, man, you know what? I'm going to just try to make it happen, you know. Mm-hmm. But so like I was spending my money you know, I took bartending class and stuff like that just to try to, you know, get something quick. Sure. And because they had job placement, right? Oh. And that that was a total hoodwink oh, because wow. all they at, at the end of your bartending school experience, that's all they did. You call up this number and then you could just hear them flipping through the pages of the newspaper being like, Oh yeah, they're hiring over here, go here. <laughs> Wow. You're like what? I thought you guys had like ends with places. Right, man. right, right, right. Oh my Isn't that What I was paying for? <laughs> right. You're like, I <laughs> but the funny story is that. Um, so I literally was down to my last five dollars. Mm. Like literally, I all I had was my return plane ticket and this five bucks. But I had done some work, you know, but I hadn't gotten paid for it yet. Mm-hmm. But I was gonna go down to this. Um, this interview at the Greenwich Street Cafe. Now there's two Greenwiches. There's a Greenwich Avenue and there's a Greenwich Street. Of course, I'm new to New York. I have no idea. So I take the train. I look at the map and I see Greenwich and I take all the way to where the address was. It was like 7 Greenwich Street, right? So I take it to 7 Greenwich Avenue, which is all the way at the bottom tip of Manhattan. And I'm like... It's not here. I walk up to this door. It's got like wrought iron gates over it. Clearly, this is not a restaurant. (laughs) So then like, I'm like, oh, crap, man. So I spent the money to get there. So if I would have spent the money to get up to Greenwich Street, I wouldn't have had enough to get all the way back home, which was like all the way across, you know, the Queensboro Bridge, Long Island City. It would have taken me like three hours to walk home, you know, and I think I would have been dead. (laughs) But, but like, uh, so I just started walking up the street and um, I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to just knock on doors like I did back in Chicago when I was like looking for work, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just started knocking on doors and, and walking into restaurants and stuff like that. And I was just like, are you hiring? Are you hiring? And yeah. it was, it was, it was in the summertime. So it was hot. Right. So all I had on, and that wasn't even in professional attire because I was just going for like a bartending job. Mm-hmm. So I was just like in a tank top in some pants and I'm walking up the street and then, you know, I walk into this one restaurant 
it was called Layla's. It's in uh, it's on Franklin Street. And I'm like, are you guys hired? They're like, no, but I think across the street, like next corner, they might be hiring. So I like literally, I'm like, thank you so much. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, practically dehydrated right now. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm, I'm not drinking anything. I'm just trying to get to this place. So I, I go over to the place and I walk in and I didn't even know what it was because this restaurant had nothing really on the outside to really show what it was. It was really kind of like undercover. So I walk in and I see these people sitting at the table and the door closes behind me and they all kind of like, like an old Western movie. They're all like, like you know, <laughs> the sound effects of their head was like, you know, and the guy gets up and he's like, who are you? And I was like, um, Nick Bosco. <laughs> and they're like, and I'm like, I, I heard you guys might be hiring. They're like, Oh yeah, you got a resume. I'm like, you need a resume to work at a restaurant. <laughs> so I was, I was like, no, but uh, I do have a comp card. And they're like, oh, really? So I had my modeling comp card. Which was like, <laughs> I gave him the modeling oh, comp card. And um, luckily he was fond of me. <laughs> so, 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 so literally he's like, okay. We'll, we'll give you a call if we're interested. And then I got a call on Friday for training. Ooh, wow. And so it was paid training. And then I became a server. But the kicker was, is that this restaurant was Nobu. I don't know if you're familiar with Nobu. Yeah, no. Oh, goodness. Listen, if you guys ever come out to New York and it's a special holiday, yeah, go to Nobu. They're all over the world now. He's never been to New York. Oh boy, we gotta get you out here, man. Yeah, get you out here. you'll love it. It's great in the summertime, man. It's just really, it's, it's yeah. a great place to be, kind of hang out. It's just so visual, you know. I mean, even on the outside, obviously, you know, you always see pictures of the outside, but when you go on inside of things, mm-hmm. that's really the magic. It's really the magic because New York, I believe, is the number one place for interior design. Oh, okay. And it's it's just it's a beautiful thing. So obviously, you know, we go to design school, we learn about graphic design, we know that in the art school they have an interior design program. Mm-hmm. This is like you know, every every restaurant, every place, the retail store and stuff like that, they all come to New York to do research before they open up their doors. Yeah. Because yeah. this is where everything happens, man. It's really it's really beautiful, but it's artistic and yeah. it's really breakthrough, you know, creatives out here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the great thing is, is that all the creators that are here that are making amazing things happen are coming from other places. <laughs> <You know>? oh, <laughs> that's why all... so overcrowded. Yeah, but it, that, that's the beauty of New York because yeah. we want to talk about diversity and inclusion. Yes. And we want to talk about immigrants. Yeah. They make New York. They make this place great yeah. because they bring their influences and their inspirations from all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why we don't eat hamburgers and fries every single day. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, I mean, we get a, such a, I mean, Variety, right? every single, every single type of food you want to get is made by that type of person. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's a, it's really an amazing experience. So yeah, definitely come out, man. And, uh, it, before you come out, I can actually write you a, like a, uh, like a, like a tour itinerary of places to hit. That's what's up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That are like not that are not just like like your tourist traps. Like, no, I'm not sending you to Red You're Lobster right. in Times Square. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll we'll, 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 need, we'll need some trips after this is over with. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so fast forward to kind of now. 
or yeah. in between. Yeah, man. Well, you know about your about meeting your wife. Your wife, yeah. Did you meet her at the working there? No, man. So, so my wife, you know, I met at a modeling party. Oh, she's also a model. Yeah, she's a model. She's a singer. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah, she's a singer. She's amazing. Um, oh wow. And then. Um, yeah, she's just yeah, she's just awesome. She's just an awesome person and uh, very extremely talented, um, and she's a good mother. So that's that's all good, you know. What I mean, she's a good mother, and and and, and it's it's tough to uh, to find somebody who can kind of maintain, you know what I mean? Yeah. So she she's rocking, she's rocking and rolling, man. Now, did your friends, family, what did they think when you said, "Hey, this is the one. I'm going to marry this young lady." Oh, by the way, she is African-American as well. Well, you know, for, for my family, it wasn't that big of a deal because we already had a lot of uh, multiracial comp- uh, families already in the, uh, within the family, you know. Okay. Um, so the, I think the first person who got married, um, you know, in an interracial marriage was my cousin Laura back in 98. And, uh, well, I mean, that wasn't a really big deal because her husband was the number one basketball player coming out of Kansas University. So... What was his name? <laughs> his name is Jacques Vaughn. Oh man, everybody knows Jacques Vaughn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all know Jacques Vaughn. So they, they, they don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. But they don't. They didn't care about that, right? No, no, not at all, man. He's he's awesome. I mean, he's like the most soft spirited guy that I've ever met. You know what I mean? Like I. I I, I love that guy. I, I love. I mean, that that side of the family and everything like that is just amazing. Sadly, yeah. we lost we lost one of the brothers. Uh, recently, um, to, to like a like a really aggressive bit of cancer wow. that uh, yeah, and, and we were I was with them um, not not last Thanksgiving but the Thanksgiving before, mm-hmm. and he he looked like he was in perfectly fine health, and then it just like hit him like after I guess I don't know how long after that, but he started to lose a lot of weight and stuff like that. So that was that was hard because you know you're just like I didn't think that was going to be the last time that I was going to see. Right. Him. Wow. You know, and I was just glad that I had a chance to see him because we hadn't seen each other for so long, you know, and I definitely love that side of the family. And, and, you know, my, my little, my little cousins that they have, you know, their, their kids look like, just like my son, you know what I mean? Uh, especially my youngest, you know, Nicholas, he's, they, if they you put them in a room and you're like, what, you guys are twins, you know, like they're all like, they'd be triplets, yeah. you know, yeah. but they're, they're, they're all, they're, all, you know, they're, they're, but my cousin, she's short, you know what I mean? And Jacques's not the tallest guy in the world, you know what I mean? No, he's not. Yeah. He's not. So, you know, they got themselves maybe a couple of point guards. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's cool. But, like, you know, my brother's, my brother's, uh, uh, my sister-in-law, she's African-American as well, you know? Oh. Um, my, my my nephew, Michael, he's uh, he's also mixed. But, obviously, he's Italian, right? So, he has half yeah. Italian, half black. And so, uh, so yeah, like, you know, we, we've been, we've been in this, in this interracial, um, family, you know, game for quite a while, you know, I, in a lot of my rooms that I go in, especially in clubhouse, you know, um, because it's such a diverse app, right. There's so many people of so many different ethnic backgrounds, but, um, my goal, like, for the next 10 years is to really create and be the bridge mm-hmm. um, as much as possible with everything that I do and kind of have that at the core is to be the bridge that allows the 
Asian community and the black community to lock arms mm-hmm. and to to include each other in each other's you know successes and failures and fights mm-hmm. right especially mm-hmm. in fights right because there's a big fight right now for civility yeah. and for for social justice mm-hmm. um, and the Asian community is suffering just as much from a social justice perspective you know because of the coronavirus because of mr trump and his kung flu statements and all that other stuff you know and because it came from china so there's a lot of Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff going on there so you know um you know i just i I just want to continue to um visually storytell about um interracial relationships friendships between males love relationships between male and females and uh but also showed the dark side you know what i mean so i had written um this screenplay lucky day Mm -hmm. and uh if you go to um well if you go to my website you know it's it's on there but you could just you know you you could just go to my youtube channel and just find it on there there's a link to it or i could just send it to you and you could share it if you want to you know um, but that was, you know, when, when, when we talk about the LA riots, we talk about, you know, how bad, you know, the, the relationship, excuse me, the relationship was between the Asian and black community because of so much damage. And when you go and you look at the documentaries about this narrative that was shoved down our throats on the news, it wasn't even the African American community that was really causing all the damage, right. you know, but they're not going to tell you that on the news yeah. because they want to continue this narrative about black people. And it's like, it's so sad. And you hear like literally from the witnesses, the people, the Koreans that were there, they will tell you like in the films, you're like, no, no, it, it actually <laughs> it wasn't, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we know that there's a, there's an agenda you know, when it comes to some of the media outlets and stuff like that to continue to divide everybody. But, you know, my goal as a filmmaker, as a storyteller, is to continue to bring us together. Mm-hmm. And as this brand, you know, is to continue to, you know, show and spread love and, uh, you know, have everybody just kind of, you know, um, experience, like, how beautiful it is when you mix, you know, the two cultures together. So one thing that, uh, that I can say that through my experience through dating interracially mm-hmm. is um i want to call it i'm going to coin thy phrase here i can't own it right i can't own yeah. it because right. because it's 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 almost like it's like the three-peat or the trifecta or the triangle right. offense right? right but it is a triangulation so so what the triangulation is is Prior to having children, interracial children, right? Um, everybody has their opinions about interracial dating. You know, like how can you be pro-black if you're dating an Asian girl? Right. You know? Or like really? you know, I get, gets that really? all the I time. Get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Gets that all the time. Mm-hmm. How are you yeah. with an Asian and you're pro-black? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then it's like you know, and <laughs> you know, I get asked the question all the time. I'm like, why are you so pro-black? I'm like. Because my kids, <laughs> and my, my, you know, my significant other just happens to be of that ilk. So, um, but yeah, so, 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 uh, so what happens is you get all this, these knuckleheads, right. Who come out of their woodwork and they just start saying stuff like that. And, you know, and, and you know how aggressive it can get sometimes, you know what oh, I mean? No doubt. No doubt. So, um, but the light at the end of the tunnel is, is that you have a child and now the the triangulation is eyeball triangulation so the person is walking past you and they look at you and they look at your other yes. they look down they look back up and then they go 
oh my god that baby is beautiful yeah <laughs> no doubt no, <laughs> but that wouldn't have happened before you know what i mean so you know and, and i i was like man you know what was so cool it was just like yeah man like it's kind of cool because you know having an attractive uh couple you know that's also uh interracial is inspiring for a lot of people who have been closed-minded or who haven't been allowed to you know, date outside of their race, you know, whether it be but from their friends, pressure, family pressure, stuff like that, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's just something that, uh, you know, you, you should, you should allow yourself to do, you know, just like sleeping, you know, mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was on a panel, you know, in, in Washington Heights. And here's a funny thing, like, you know, um, for its existence, right. And mm-hmm. up until the popularity of hip hop, Washington Heights used to be completely against being called black, you know, it's, wow. it's, it's, it's Puerto Rican, Dominican, you know, like mostly Dominican. Right. Mm. And so this conference was put together back in 2004 at SUNY university in New York. And, uh, and my friend who was a publicist, he's like, yo, Nick, can you sit on this panel? And I was like, yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, it was great to just be able to, to have a platform at that time um, and to be in front of a crowd and to just be like, all right, cool, man. Like we talked about a lot of different things, but I said, if you just get one takeaway from this conference and from this panel, just do me a favor. When you walk out of here today and you get on that subway, be deliberate and talk to somebody who doesn't look like you. Right. Right. Let's start the change. And you know, everybody, everybody refers to the Gandhi statement, like, you know, be the change that you want to see in the world, you know, start it up by talking to somebody who doesn't look like you break bread together, go have a meal. You know what I mean? And like, and learn, you know, and, and it was interesting too, because, you know, um, in, in, in clubhouse, you know, you're going to have a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds. And, there was a situation where, um, you know, I was in an Asian room, you know, and there was one woman who was listening in and I, I don't know what was being said or anything like that, but it was just basically about being creative and Asian. Right. Mm-hmm. But then like, uh, she just kind of, you know, she got on the microphone and she was like, I just want to just say like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really feel comfortable you know, in this room. And everyone was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, you know, please stay, you know, and everything like that. And then <laughs> one of the uh, one of the gentlemen got on and he was like, you know, trying to really just connect with her, you know. Mm-hmm. But in this, in this hyper, 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 like political world that we live in, we are hearing the same catchphrases all the time. Yeah. You know, and the kiss of death came. And, and, and the guy, like, like, if you know the guy, he is awesome. His, all of his business partners, like everything that he does is same as me, you know, mm-hmm. but like nobody's perfect. Right. Yeah. So basically he was just like, look, you know, when we're, when we're working together with, with my business partner, it's like, we don't look at each other from a color perspective. Like we don't really see each other's color. Right. And she got so triggered by that, man. She was like, you know, it, and, 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 and it came down to like that whole, like, we don't see color. You know, I don't yeah. see color, like, you know. Oh, that's what you thought you yeah, said. Yeah, she just that. And I didn't say it. Like, you know, yeah. I was just like, listen, you know, I was just, and like, you know, I was just like, oh, man, she's like going in on him right now. And I was like, oh, man, that sucks. So, you know, I was just like, you know, 
I wanted to take the time to, you know, because I had the discussion with my, my other half and, you know, we were talking about it and, and it was great because, you know, if I didn't have her other half or, you know, have another, you know, uh, African-American in my house, you know, I may make the same mistake, you know what I mean? But because I, I have, you know, broken bread. I've had taken the time to get educated about like what is offensive. And even though I know all the things that are offensive, I'm like, Oh, Oh wait, was that offensive? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. You're never going to get it right all the time. But like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she's the way that she said it, man, was just perfect, man. Because when you people say things like that, they're, they're, they're being so disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it's, and you could just tell like when the moment that you say that you're like, you're a friggin' liar. Right. Right. And you you lost all credibility off the gate because, okay. So we're, we're, you know, obviously we're, we're talking about casting and films and stuff like that. So if (laughs) if the film is written and you're the casting director and you're like, okay, um, this is written for a black guy. Right. How how am I going to cast this thing if I don't see color? so so we all do see color right but like you know certain groups of people see color and they're scared shitless and they yeah. you know they hate it yep. they they yeah. they make policies against it you know mm-hmm. um but at the same time like you know some people see it like when i when you know when i was single and i go into a bar or something like that and i'd see somebody and you'd be like in a predominantly white bar or something like that. And I'd be like, okay. And it would just be like, kind of like this overall, you know, you, you walk into a place, you scan the room, right? Mm-hmm. It's, just okay, always, it's just always happened, man. We were just like, oh, I'm going to go talk to that girl. Right. She just happened to have brown skin. Like, <laughs> you know I mean, like, it's just, you're, you're attracted to what you're attracted to. You know yeah, what I mean? that's true. And, but, but, you know, also just on the flip side of things, from a cultural perspective, you know, um, like I said, I was a dancer, mm-hmm. you know, so go to a white, go to a white wedding and try to, you know, dance hip hop with all the, pe- all the people who can't dance, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. oh, this is frustrating. You know, <laughs> I love my family. We always have fun times at the weddings and stuff like that, but it's usually, you know, um, YMCA paradise at the <laughs> paradise yeah. and dashboard. Yeah, the usual, <laughs> yeah, the usual yeah. numbers, you know, right. you know, yeah. but you know, like, you know, so so as a dancer, you know that's when you know you, you start to start to really just see the beauty, you know, yeah. and it's a cultural beauty. It's a really a cultural beauty, you know. And uh, yeah, man. I mean, I just uh, I I'm also an advocate for K-pop, man. I love K-pop, you know, and I'm introducing my kids to K-pop and and really kind of helping them become proud of their Korean heritage and stuff like that. But I'm also reminding them. I'm like, hey guys, just remember. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for Michael Jackson, there'd be no K-pop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, so, we got, so, and that's where it's like, okay, you can get it, but at least if you give respect to the people yeah. that that it, that was born from, you know, like we talk about appropriation and stuff like that, and is K-pop appropriation? Yeah, but you know what? If you pay respects to the people who brought it, and and then you take it and you enhance it, or you put your own spin on it and stuff like that. Then it's great. Then it's like then it, that's a cultural exchange. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. different than like. Have you seen Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? No. You seen that? You seen that? Uh, yeah. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Oh, so, so ironically, I saw that play for the first time in Chicago at the Goodman Theater. Mm. 
and now it's a movie it's on netflix right but like and and it's also chadwick boseman's last movie before he passed yeah. away yeah so but but like in the in the movie you know like he's all full of great ideas and everything like that and he's a brilliant musician and super talented and stuff like that you know and he's just trying to like be heard you know he just wants to get his work out there and everything like that and like you know the um the owner of the studio you know he's been trying to talk to him like real like yo man you gotta believe in me like i'm gonna you know and like you know check out my music and everything like that and he played the old yeah all right well let me take a look at it and then he's like you know what i looked at them they're not that good um but you know i'll give you 25 bucks i'll take them off your hands like that was the negotiation right and he was just like okay you know at least i got 25 bucks right right <laughs> Right, but, but then he like you know takes the music and runs with it, and you know who, who knows what was born out of it. Maybe Elvis came out of that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but 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 that's that that's the that's the capitalist side of like the cultural you know the, this cultural exchange that you know we all are aware of. Like it's just it's terrible. You know, yeah. you know. But like you know, we we one thing that I do love is you know. Um, you know, as a martial artist, right? So uh, I studied Hapkido, you know, and Nor as well, you know. <laughs> Nor, we, we were in Hapkido school together and everything. And, and then I continued on after college when I came to New York. And um, I don't know if you know the comedian named Godfrey. Do you know the comedian named Godfrey? Yeah. yeah. So I'll give you a brief history of me and Godfrey. Godfrey and I, we actually were at the same modeling agency in 1994, 1996, like from 1994 to 1996. And then he moved to New York, right? And so when he left, you know, I, it was, it was like, like winter, it was a winter of 1997 and, uh, I'm listening to WGCI radio. I'm in Chicago mm -hmm. and I'm, he I'm heading into the Chicago, I'm driving into the city and they're like, yo, 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 what's up? What's up? WGCI. We got Godfrey on the line. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like going off. He's like, oh, what's up? What's up? What's up? You know? And so, um, and I, I, you know, like he came back for a party and we went to a party together and stuff. And then he went back to, to New York. And then, so I moved to New York. I go through my whole like thing, trying to get a job and everything like that. And finally, once I get settled in, I'm like, I need to get back and I need to find myself a keto school. Okay. So I find this one in Soho and I'm like, oh, cool. Oh, wow. Wow. It's like a keto school. This is great. You know? So I walk up the door and literally the first person I see at the front of the door when I'm walking in is Godfrey. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so great, man. It was just great. We reconnected, man. And we would hang out. Like he, he was working at the comedy cellar at the time. So we'd hang out in the summertime and I'd go to all of his shows and stuff. And we'd hang out upstairs. There's a, like a restaurant upstairs above it. You know, mm -hmm. that's where all the com comics hang out. And like, I met Tracy Morgan there. I met like all the big wigs, uh, shoot, like uh, everybody who's performed there, you know, um, I can't even remember all their names, but it was it was great. I just remember Tracy Morgan when he first got his contract. I was there when he first got his contract with Saturday Night Live. Wow! Yeah, it was amazing. He was, <laughs> and you know, you know, like um, in those mob movies, when the the big boss is like talking, and he's like, uh, everybody's kind of like staring at the guy like this with the, like a deer in headlights, and then he like he starts talking all serious and then he says like a punchline and everyone kind of pauses and you're like 
and then they start laughing and then it's just kind of like this really hearty laugh and you're like y'all are faking it you're all scared to death of this right. like, <laughs> so that was it was it was interesting oh. to see like all the other comics because you know they're i'm sure they're all kind of like man i can't believe you got the the contract and everything like that you know right. um but uh but then like he's like yo let me buy everybody a round of drinks and uh, he bought everybody around of drinks, man. And he like, reaches down. He had sweatpants on. He reaches down in his sweatpants pocket. And he's like, pulls out like <laughs> a lot of money like this big. I'm like, you walking around with like 15 grand in your pocket, man? Like, what are you doing? Right, 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 right. Oh, my goodness. But I'm like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, if, if, if you just got like a multi-million dollar contract, you might be walking around with a couple, maybe five Gs in your pocket every once in a while just to feel like, you know, I, I, got, I got it. You know what I mean? But that was that, that was cool man that was really cool no nah, man it, it's, it's great to reminisce about these memories it's uh it's wow. cool you know but but it, it's all culmination to um me as a as a you know like my goal right now is to really you know continue working you know helping clients and stuff like that with my design company but also um i, I want to really spend the rest of my life making films so, oh okay sure you know so all of like when is my, it so, so I, I have two screenplays right now that uh, are being looked at okay. by some pretty important people, um, which yes. is, which is great. You know, I mean, what a blessing. And, and it's yes. just, you know, it's just some, this, this whole thing has like been organic really, you know, like this yeah. whole COVID thing has just been like, you know, weird you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but, but like through clubhouse, man, like we've been, yeah. we've been, been able to network and like, you know, oh, develop friendships with people that you never would have been in the same room with. So <laughs> it's really great to be able to do that. So yeah. how would, um, you've got your contact in, in the bottom. If anyone wanted to get in touch with you, with any of your ventures right now with your business or anything, tell us how they could reach out to you. Yeah, man, you can just send me an email um, at, you know, you can send an email at blackareans1 at gmail. You can send an email to uh, my, me directly, which is nick.bosco at gmail as well. Um, and you can go and check out blackareans.com. I got one of our shirts on. Uh, you. You, you know what else I got, man? I got huh? this too, man. Hold on. I'll show you. You ain't over there stripping, are you? What's that? He's stripping. Oh. I just got our masks in, you know. Yes. So you know, I you know I just I the the printer had screwed up, so I had to like wait a couple of <laughs> days and stuff like that. So I had to like, get them get them redone. But yeah, but they're in, man. And I'll I'll, I'll awesome. send you some, man, man. You know, if you guys want to, you know, do a promo, you want to give them away or something like that, you know, um, while you guys are doing your show, then that'll be that'll be cool. Um, but yeah, man, you know, we're just trying to we're trying to you know build and build and build during this COVID time, right, you know, right. um, and, and make connections and to really build a strong community. Um, just so that we can, you know, together, together, man, like, you know, Trump has been doing such a great job of dividing the country. Yes. Yeah. So it's going to be up to us to really bring it all together and to have each other's back and to support one another. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, That's why we came up with the podcast is try to, bring some positivity to the world and, you know, change yeah. the narrative with the Asian and black communities. No, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And we have to, I mean, we, you know, and, you know, obviously 
there's such diversity within the communities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's fragmentation in the communities. Mm-hmm. You know, being Black American is not being Caribbean, you know, mm-hmm. or African, you know, or Middle Eastern, because obviously you're still, oh, pers- oh. you know, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's just as diverse as it is for Asian Americans, because if you're from Southeast Asia, you're maybe not getting along with the Far East Asians. Exactly. Not con- so weird. You know, like, because because ultimately these are continents, right? right. <laughs> these aren't just countries, right. it's not, you know? Right. And people, like, lose sight of that whole fact of, like, you know, because, like, you'll label a room, like, you know, Asians and, you know, Asian professionals, you know? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like, all these Russians get on. You're like, what? And you're like, yeah, we're Asian. Right. <laughs> you're like, yeah, you are. Like, oh yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah, like all these Pakistanis or Indians or you know what I mean? Like they're all Asian. They're all Asian. So when it comes down to it, Asians and Africans make up two thirds of the world's population. Mm-hmm. But we, we we but we're psychologically conditioned to think that we're the minority. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Just because. Sure. You know, we're not, we're not, we're, we're not the 10%. Right. right. You know I mean? We weren't part of that conversation. Yeah. And, and that's the one thing too, that people forget, like, you know, there was the Asian exclusionary act as well as there was the fact yeah. you know, that when, when, when African-Americans were not given their 40 acres in a mule, that was a big lie. Right. So, you know, we, we both have those lies in common and those, those, those uh, policies that were put in place that hurt, everybody economically and then everyone was like why are you so mad about what happened 400 years ago like yo it happened <laughs> it, it well, it's, it. happening today. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening it today man it's, ha- all, it's all happening today you know what i mean and yeah. people will say well, like you're not oppressed but, but you're like yo it's not easy for me to get along man <laughs> you know yeah. you know it, it, it's you know if, if you one thing that has been really positive, right? And, and what like people like Trump and stuff like that have been talking about, like there have been over a half a million new black owned businesses formulated during my presidency. And you're like, congratulations. What you really need to talk about is how many of them are going to last the next five years because you were able to give them funding so that they can get the capital that they need in order to bring their product to market. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Any, anybody can go on legal zoom and get a business license and, yeah. and get an llc and fein yeah. number that right. congratulations man you're, you're you're a rock star president no right. man you need to create policies that say hey you know if you are uh a person of color african-american asian hispanic whatever and you're starting a business well there's going to be a grant yeah mm-hmm. there's going to be a there's going to be a startup grant for you and if you make it past three years then you're going to get a second grant that's going to help propel you to the next one so that you can start engaging people for seed angel series a you know you could start learning how to do like all the financial raises that they're talking about on wall street right, right. how you know how many of these small businesses even know how to how, how to structure the business to get ready for, for to go public Right. right. Oh, yeah, you're not even thinking about that. You're thinking about selling candles at the next, you know. There's another market. business idea for you, Nick. <laughs> 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 so we're gonna wrap it up. Um, if anyone has any questions or anything, feel free to reach out to Nick. He's he's a man of all trade. He's got a lot of expertise uh, under his belt. So if you want to pick his brain or um, ask him some questions about tonight's show. 
feel free to reach out to him. Blackkoreans1 at gmail.com. Thank you for coming. Thank in. you. Hey, man. So Thanks for, for having me. I know you <laughs> had a new baby. We appreciate you stepping in and sharing a little bit about yourself. We look forward to doing some more things with you. Sounds good. Same here, man. Right. Same here. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Have a good one. Right. Bye-bye. All right, guys. We ran just a little bit over, but we had some technical difficulties at first, so we wanted to get in our full hour. Um, thank you guys for uh, being with us on another podcast. Uh, once again, the information will be on our website as well as our social media platforms if you'd like to get in touch with Nick. And uh, we'll be back next Wednesday, same time, same, same channel. Time, same place. Um, everybody be cool out there, be safe, be peaceful, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Lock on. Peace.